him and Paramount spanked him. Yeah, How did he gonna be yeah, as equal talent as me? Are you serious? As easy as I beat him, I could beat him while playing chuckles on the other side. That's how easy that was. And he's better than us? Are you serious, James Tony? Frank name is uh, well known. What's that? Who's my name? It's like fear. Right, listen. If you, if you want to sort it out, find me. You didn't find me. You could have found me and you didn't. If you want to find me, here I am. Let's have a find. Let's do it on the cobbles if you want. Forget boxing. Let's do it outside. Oh, uh, no, no, no. We got to talk to Al. Top Rank got some shit going on. Matter of fact, boxing on some well, bullshit. The, the UK fans, they, they love the fights. They also love the production. They love, they love to applaud and moan the talent. So we don't want to admit it, do we? We don't really want to say it publicly. We don't want to tweet it, even though a lot of us are thinking and feeling it. But Jake Paul and Logan Paul have been good for boxing for any number of reasons. And, you know, while people can question their legitimacy, I don't even think you can do that anymore. I think what we have to accept is two YouTubers have given boxing fans the model of boxing that they need, right? And I'll explain why. So firstly, Logan gave us a fight with Floyd. And whatever you want to say about that, it was a, it was a good spectacle. Particularly in a lockdown where people were just looking for reasons to be interested in things. So big tick in the box for the poor brothers in that sense. And then you look at Jake and you go, right, since the beginning of 2020, Jake Paul has gone from debut to 4-0. You know? Now, is his 4-0 any less comical than Eddie Hearn's 4-0? No, I don't think so. But he's fought roughly every four and a half months. There are guys who haven't boxed since 2019. And they're meant to be professionals. And here you have a YouTuber. Boxing. Delivering. Entertaining his constituent fan base. Because remember, Jake doesn't care about me. I'm not subscribed to his... YouTube channel, I don't buy his merchandise, I don't know what he endorses, I don't even care. But his fans do. And he carries more fans than virtually every boxer except for AJ and Canelo. Let that sink in. He might be the third biggest name in boxing. Actually, you throw Floyd in there because even when Floyd doesn't box, he moves numbers, actually. So I forgot Manny as well. But you get my point. They, they breathe rarefied air in the sport of boxing. And Saturday night confirmed that. I saw a sold-out arena. I saw an undercard that wouldn't be out of place on a DeBella show, that wouldn't be out of place on a Frank Warren show even, on a pay-per-view. That's what I saw. I saw an undercard that, if that was a Joshua undercard, we'd have moaned in the same way. So he's not even offering an inferior product. But he's selling out. And even if the worst case scenario is that they did half a million pay-per-view buys. That's probably a bigger take than a lot of the AJ fights. So you've now got to put Jake Paul in that rarefied air of being one of the top draws in the sport of boxing. Someone you have to hitch your wagon to. But there are a number of things I loved about, about all of this. Number one, I didn't have to wait two years for the fight to happen. I didn't have to sit and listen to a promoter talk to his alleged friend in front of a camera in an office about stuff I don't care about. These guys just said, we'll fight each other. Here's the deal. And it was done. 
That's why Jake can fight four times in under, well, it's under two years now, isn't it? And all these other guys are larking around. How many times has Joshua fought since the pandemic? Once? Is it possible that... <laughs> Perish the thought, but is it possible that Jake Paul might make more money from boxing than Anthony Joshua? The man that Eddie Hearn said was the biggest star in boxing, may I add. No, I'm making fun of it, but if I'm being brutally honest, I love everything about this. These fights happen quickly. It's decisive. There's no messing about. There's no will they, won't they. There's, you're not dealing with three promoters and seven broadcasters trying to make something happen. It is literally, here's the money for you to fight me. Do you want to do it? Yes or no? Boxing 101, right? Make the fights happen. Make them happen quickly so you make more money. What's the other thing I enjoyed? The other thing I enjoyed was the fact that he went back to his hometown. And his hometown showed up for him and showed him love. And the humility he had to be able to say, I remember being a fan sat in, the, in this arena cheering on LeBron. To then have LeBron cheering on for Jake Paul. This is what I mean about, you can't write this because boxers can't relate to this. Boxers have never tried to, to elevate themselves to that position of cultural phenomenon. Because you're always told to be a sportsman and nothing else. You're always told to, to be in that box. You know when Joshua made that speech in Watford that obviously wasn't his, but he made it. And the fans turned on him for having an opinion. Oh, he's saying don't buy from white people's shops. Of course he isn't. He's endorsed by Hugo Boss. The people who outfitted the Nazis, he's endorsed by Hugo Boss. But people were too stupid to realize that. And so Joshua pulled back from this idea of being a cultural icon and he went, let me just box for a bit and make my money. Jake, Jake Paul doubles down on that. And I really respect that. And so what I saw on Saturday was everything we had warned would happen. I remember being on the New Age podcast with Martin and Andy. And just for the record, how brilliant were those episodes? Let's have a We'll have a little 30 seconds to bask in, in our collective glory of having moved the nature of boxing podcasting. Maybe even other things, but definitely boxing podcasting. No podcast sounded the same after we landed. You know, people don't want to give us our roses and that's okay, you know. But everyone bit off what we did. I don't care who you are, you bit off that because before that, you were either too safe or too crazy. And we showed there was a way to be intellectual and funny at the same time, without diluting a product. And for that, you know, I'm always eternally grateful I got to have that experience. So I always have to give that little shout out to Martin and Andy and everyone else who helped make the New Age Boxing Podcast the phenomenon that it was. But let's come back to the point. At the time, we said, boxing's moving away from this linear idea of boxer, promoter, broadcaster. Because fans wanted to see you. They wanted to know who you are. And they, they wanted you to be vulnerable in the public eye. Because they were saying to you, if you want me to part with my money, I have to feel that I get closer to you than I would any other way. And boxing refused to listen. Ah, oh, we're never going to show sparring footage. We're never going to talk about what happens behind the scenes. What goes on in the gym stays in the gym. What goes on in the changing room stays in the changing room. They were saying this 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. Now look, in 2021, you're getting all kinds of ham-fisted attempts at 
lifting the veil behind the scenes, but it's too late and we don't care. And the reason we don't care is the YouTubers basically said, none of that stuff's important. None of that secrecy stuff is important. You're paying to watch the fight. And the reason you're going to watch the fight is, I'm going to show you my vulnerabilities. I'm going to act a little silly sometimes and be funny at other times, but on fight night I'll be all business. And guys like Logan Paul, Jake Paul, KSI, they found that sweet spot of how to bring their fans on that journey to say, here's me clowning around and making jokes, to here's me taking life seriously and dedicating myself to a sport. And every so often, I'm going to ask you to pay to watch me do it. But in between that, you get to see me live my life. Because yes, Jake Paul's ranked 110th out of 171 cruiserweights in the United States, and I have no idea where he's ranked globally. Doesn't matter one drop. Here's a boxer, and we have to call him a boxer because he wears the 10-ounce gloves. Here's a boxer that's self-made. Repeat that again. Here is a boxer that is self-made. Eddie Hearn didn't make him. Steven Espinosa didn't make him. DAZN didn't make him. Showtime didn't make him. Jake was a millionaire. Logan was a millionaire. Well before they laced on a pair of gloves. They're self-made men in a sport that loves to control people. And that makes them fascinating to fans, but scary to people in the sport. And you want to know the scariest thing about all of this? Is that Jake Paul is going to get two checks. Check number one for his performance in the ring. And check number two as promoter in his own right. Think. <laughs> it's insane to think someone who took up boxing on a whim has sussed out the game better than whoever you want to name. Nick Webb, Dave Allen, Daniel Dubois, uh, Billy Joe Saunders, John Ryder, I don't know, Ted Cheeseman, Sam Noakes, Lee Selby, Andrew Selby, you know, Joshua Boatsy, Josh Quayley even. Let's just throw some random names out there. He's sussed out the game better. He said, the quicker I get to controlling the checks, the better it will be for me. The more I can do because now, it's the, the, now the pressure's on me. If this show bombs, it's on me. So I've got to promote the life out of this show and I've got to deliver on fight night. Now, I don't know what the economics behind all of this is. Like I said, if it does half a million pay-per-view buys at 50 quid, he might pocket 10 million, 15 million. I don't know. But he's pocketing money that only Canelo and Joshua make. I don't even think Pacquiao's in those numbers anymore. He's pocketing the money that AJ and Canelo make. Four fight novice. All four of his opponents debutants. And he's doing this. What's Tommy Fury doing? Nothing. He was on TV. He grifted. What's Tommy Fury doing? Nothing. Failed to impress on Saturday night. They gave him a platform and he stunk it out. If I'm Jake as a promoter, I'm like, I don't need this guy. And that was his chance to show what he could do. And instead he's out there just grifting in the background, trying to get attention in the corridors. It was cringeworthy, but mildly entertaining. I enjoyed seeing Dev Sani in the background, just making sure he gets his content ready. You know what I mean? So congratulations to Dev for being out there. Like, 
the way his star's risen in the last four or so years is impressive. So congratulations, Dev. Genuinely tip my hat off to you for, for sticking it out and proving yourself to be trustworthy. And he is because here's something people want to know. Dev doesn't let the secrets slip. Doesn't. Doesn't. And I know Frank's from that kind of Islington world of no grassing, no snitching, no loose lips. And Dev's perfect for him. So congratulations to Dev. But let's just zero in back on the economics. So this guy gets paid as a boxer. Gets paid as a promoter. Endorsements, product placements. And let's not forget that YouTube income. That just keeps churning in the background. I don't know how much it is. Like seven quid per thousand views or whatever it is. His content that just keeps churning in the background. He's a money-making machine. And it's not like it needed 15 years at university and 15 years at JP Morgan to figure out what he knows. He just knew how to publicize himself and he invested in that. You know, there's that expression, isn't there? Let the money do what it does. And he's mastered that. Spend money to make money. And the poor brothers, in terms of boxing right now, do it better than anybody else. Better than Hearn, better than Aram, better than Heyman, better than anybody else. Because they understand this world in which we live in better than anyone else does in boxing. So then you go and you go, okay. He makes all of this money. He's got the deal with Showtime, which validates everything he's doing, by the way, because that's always the aim. The aim is to build your attention to a point where you can monetize it. And when you get a deal with Showtime, you get to monetize it. Yeah, this, is, this is free game I'm spitting to you guys. There's no point in being popular. There's no point in being famous if you don't monetize it. Attention without money is pointless. It's more hassle than it's worth. How many times can you get your back slapped and so forth? It's not worth it. And they've understood this. So you get a deal with Showtime. But not only that, but the things that come out of the, the business dealings are how you're great to deal with. How your advisor, Nikisa, is amazing to deal with. Firm but fair. How Jake made sure that everyone on the undercard ate well off this fight. Everyone got a good check. I think everyone got six figures, if I'm correct. Frank's not doing that. Eddie's definitely not doing that. And so what does that do? That tells people in boxing, you want to get on this show. So one day when Jake does lose... One day when Jake can't box anymore because he realizes it's too much for him, he'll still be the promoter that people come to because he pays well. He's not stupid. He's, he's grifting on so many levels. Like, he's, he's grifting so much that he's almost preventing anyone else from grifting off his grift. He's, he's unbelievable at this. And I wish boxers would sit and learn and, and study this and come up with a blueprint of their own. Because when you're being paid 12 and a half grand to box for a British title, <laughs> you're moving wrong. Just know that. You're moving wrong. Completely wrong. And people go, ah, oh, they get paid more than that, surely. No. I just want you to stop and just let's give it a sense of perspective. Frank Warren's going to do, he's going to do two shows, right? There's going to be the Copper Box show on the Friday and the one on the Saturday. If I'm wrong, fine, correct me. Because quite frankly, I don't give a shit about both of them. But he's going to do that show. Jake Paul made more than all of those guys will make in their careers. 
maybe by a factor of five. In fact, I'll rephrase that. Jake Paul will make more money than every Frank Warren fighter that fights in September throughout their whole career. In one fight, Jake made that money. And there you guys still show me stupid videos of circuit training and skipping and stuff and you, you think that's going to make you millionaires. That's why boxers are bums, right? Cold hard facts is why boxers are bums. Because you show them the path and every time they refuse to do it because they believe they have to do what their master tells them. If my master doesn't tell me it's the right thing to do, then I'm not going to do it. Okay, stay poor. Like... How many Dennis Andrews do you have to see? How many Harold Grahams do you have to see? How many Keith Bristols do you have to see before you realize the system's not set up for you to win as a boxer? By the way, they're all men that I respect. They're all good human beings. And that's why I mention them, because it hurts me to see that they gave the fans so much by way of entertainment and got so little back by the way of revenue from the sport. So I'm going to come back and say to you, boxers, When's the penny going to drop for you? So where does this put us now? <laughs> so we're basically going to get a rematch, right? Jake and Tyrone are going to do it. I think they're going to do the rematch if Tyrone Woodley gets the I love Jake Paul tattoo done. Which, look, if you stand to make two and a half, three million in a rematch, you'd get the tattoo done, right? As long as there's no size specified, you'll get the tattoo done. Because you can always get it covered over. So if the rematch happens, what happens in that sense? In simple terms, they all make more money, right? The split decision victory is probably the best thing that happened to both guys because there's an argument that it was competitive. You know, Jake was competitive against the guy who, if they walked into the gym and you knew who was who, you'd say Tyrone would just play with this guy. Tyrone, sorry. Or play with this guy. And he probably should have done. But I can imagine the rematch, Jake will be better, more experienced, and he'll go for the knockout. It's, it's fascinating that we're sat here and we're watching a YouTuber employing the Mayweather tactics. Number one, keep the money in the opponent because you never know when you'll need them again. And here we are headed towards a potential rematch. Lucrative. Everyone wins. And that would have been, what, five fights in 20 months? It's insane. Like, he's doing boxing all right. He's doing boxing so correctly. He's doing boxing in the old school way. And we can criticize the opponents, but remember, this is a guy who's a raw novice, putting himself in harm's way. So I don't even think you can criticize the opponents. And he's doing it the old school way. Fight often, you know, make the effort to sell yourself, be your own business. And you've got people on the sidelines, these boxing purists slagging this off. And I'm like, but you're broke. We're not listening to your opinion because you're broke. Don't talk about your custodians of the sport because these are the same people who criticize white-collar boxing and now run white-collar classes on Wednesdays from 7 till 9. Because they understand that you can't stop progress. You're either ahead or behind the curve. The poor brothers ahead of the curve. And I keep saying it, people in boxing need to decide where they want to be on that curve. You know, there are a lot of principal people in boxing right now, and their pockets are silent. 
And so when you look at the rest of the card, they structured it right. He had a couple of Brits over with some names. He had Tommy Fury boxing. You know, they wanted to leverage the reality TV star so you can benchmark the two against each other. You know, Jake gave you a mildly entertaining fight. Tommy Fury looked terrible. Um, Dubois was on there, which was... <laughs> I'm just happy he got paid, to be honest with you. And I think he was out there because people are trying to get their investment back on him, right? So if you can get some free money for Daniel Dubois, why wouldn't you? You know, so congratulations to him. Um, I still want to see that WBA situation resolved and hopefully he gets to be the mandatory pretty soon. I'm really, that'd be, a, you know, good for British boxing, if I'm being honest. And then you had Baranchik on there. You had Amanda Serrano. And as much as I think, you know, if you're going to give me the probability that she's been doping her whole boxing career, I'd say about 89.7%. Um, I'm not a fan of hers. I think she's a disgrace. I think she's an embarrassment. The minute her sister got pinged for being associated with drug cheats, you knew that family was probably dirty. And I say probably because I don't want it to be a hard opinion. I don't want to get sued. I think they're a disgrace to the sport. And I wish Katie Taylor would smash the life out of them and get them out of the sport. But it's a big name, right? DeBella loves grifting off that name. And he, he swerves the real question of, is Amanda Serrano a drug cheat? So why don't people ask him that question? If your, if your Twitter handle is Serrano's sisters, and we know your sister was involved in doping circles, why are we supposed to believe you were clean when you come from that kind of bodybuilding background, MMA background, now boxing? Why are we supposed to believe you're clean? I believe the same thing about Ebony Bridges. You shouldn't be allowed to come in from a bodybuilding background where we know steroids are a staple part of the sport. You shouldn't be allowed to just come in and we don't ask questions. You know, this is where boxing gets everything wrong. And I'm going to come into that later. But boxing's had it too easy for too long. And I love the fact that the poor brothers have said, you guys had it too easy for too long. Now it's our turn to, it's our turn to run the sport. And we're going to run it the way we want to run it. God, I almost forgot that Charles Conwell was on there as well. You know, another credible name on the card. Jeez. So you look at that undercard and... There's no reason to criticize it if you benchmark it against what we've seen this summer so far. And it comes back to the point that Jake makes enough money that he's okay sharing the glory and giving people a platform and an opportunity. Now the question is, what will these people do with this opportunity? Because they won't be seen by this many people again for a while. Unless they sign up to Jake's company, which for some people that would make sense. And when I think about it and I reflect and I go... Why hasn't he fought a legitimate boxer? I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of promoters don't want their guy in with Jake because they don't get a cut. That's the problem. They don't get a cut. What Jake does really well at the moment is he avoids promotional politics. So he says, let me pick guys who don't have a promotional affiliation and I'll fight them. And then meanwhile, my undercard can be filled with all these other people who I don't really care about, but they kind of legitimize the card. And I can pay them better than they get paid. And all this. He, it's so clever that... It's not even clever. It's so obvious. Yet no one does it. Because we've had a boxing culture for a long time, which is, if I'm entitled to 100 million pounds, I'm going to take 101 million. Whereas Jake Paul's like, if I'm entitled to 100 mil, let me take 90 and spread 10 out. Because that 10 will come back around so many times in other things that I choose to do.
And 90 is near enough 100 anyway. Boxing doesn't work that way. I wish it did. And if you don't believe me, if you think I'm talking at my backside, look at the Joshua undercard. How much money does one man need? What, you're telling me you couldn't add an extra half mil to the undercard budget just to get it a little spicier? Really? Or are you there going, well, they've all come to see me. They don't care who's on the undercard. And that's where it differs. Jake is like, I know everyone's come to see me, but I want you to care about who's on the undercard too. Because I want to give you an experience from start to finish. And this all comes back to that established argument, doesn't it? Of, well, these YouTubers are good for boxing because they get more eyes on, on mainstream boxers, as we'll call them. But I don't believe that's true. You have to remember that the people in that arena, the Rocket Mortgage Arena, mostly don't give two shits about boxing. And I shouldn't swear because it probably hurts my exposure. But they don't give a monkeys about boxing. They care about Jake Paul and they care about him fighting someone. They don't care about boxing. So yes, your video may do three quarters of a million spins, as the social media experts like to say. But if you get a hundred extra followers off that, you've done well. It's not worth it. The real learning from this, and that's why you want to ignore what promoters and managers say, the real learning from this is you've got to build your own brand and profile. And you can't do that under Matchroom, you can't do that under Queensbury as far as I'm concerned. Because they're not concerned with building you. They're concerned with exploiting you. Boxing 101. Harsh reality of boxing. They're there to exploit you. That's all. But I want to talk about boxing in this wider context and what this means for boxing. And I go back to the one that Hearn did. Was that KSI Logan Paul too? I can't even remember anymore. But essentially, the people who were there were saying that Hearn wasn't really needed here. And so what Eddie was trying to do was, <laughs> he was trying to do his classic Herning thing that he does before every big event, trying to, yeah, God, get those extra few sales, those extra few subscriptions. And he doesn't realize at this point that that Paul fan base don't know him and they don't need him. And I think towards the end of the week, the view was, Eddie was just like, why am I even here? They don't need me for anything. I have no leverage over these guys. I have no influence over these guys because I didn't make them. And if they decide not to box tomorrow, they're still millionaires anyway. I think he found himself out of his depth there. And that's why he walked back from the whole YouTube thing. Because he can't control everything. He can't control the story. They do. Which points us to a question. Do you need an Eddie Hearn type figure? Do you need Frank? Do you? And I think I've said this numerous times that if you took Anthony Joshua, Dillian, Derek, um, Eubank Jr., I will put some guys in on, Callum Smith we'll put in there. Mm. I like Callum, uh, if, if, if he's fit and hungry, put Billy Joe in there, right? Let's take that as a group. If those guys decided to put on cards that involved them and make them pay-per-view, why would they need promoters? You can get someone in like, like Al Heyman does, like a promoter by name only, and pay him a fee. But you don't need Eddie Hearn. What, the TV companies won't come to you? Of course they will. I'm always surprised that boxers haven't done it because Oscar did it. 
You remember when it was Oscar Shane and Bernard Hopkins? And they said, right, we're going to come together because we want to we want to do this better for boxers. And you've got to give Oscar his due for his track record. You know, his personal choices may not be amazing, but his track record's impeccable. Floyd did it. Where Floyd said, I'm just my own man. What, why, why have I got another person promoting me like, like they know me better than I know myself? So the blueprint was there. Audley did it. David Hay did it. And they were great models. Do you know what killed them? The old guard. The Franks and the Eddies and the Bob Arams saying to people, you can't go on their shows because if you go on their shows, you can't work on mine. Those sort of anti-competitive messages were being sent to, you know, to stop people growing. And no, I'm not going to say it's a race thing because it's not a race thing. It's a survival thing. No one wanted Mayweather to succeed until, he, until Al started hooking it up. Now look, they're a force because they had the capital to ride out the storm. They had the capital to drive up the prices in boxing to the point where Bob couldn't compete, Eddie couldn't compete. And that was a smart move. So it comes back to this question. Do you need a promoter if you're that big? You don't. And when I look at guys like Denzel and Josh Boatsy and Isaac Dogba, I'm like, you guys could just build your own profiles. Club together. Ghana boxing if you wanted. People still come and watch you. Not enough people are prepared to take that risk. And I'm sure on Ring Talk, Steve will talk about, you can't do that. Why would you want to do that? I would. If I could sell out your call, like a Florian Marku, for example, he did it. Book out your call, Steve. Put the card on. Don't worry about ticket sales. We will sell out your call. Right? And what did that do for Florian Marku? It helped him dictate terms. He can fight where he wants, when he wants. Because he can do your call on his own. It could be one fight and he could do it. Could Florian Marco do the copper box? Probably most of it. And then the rest you'd need an undercard to build on. But he looks like the most likely person to, to bolt out of it. I wanted Isaac Chamberlain to do something similar. I still think he could. But you have to ask yourself, why do I need promoters? What boxers really need are, is TV exposure. If you can get TV exposure without Eddie, Frank or whoever, you don't need them. And that's what you're looking for. So when I look back on Saturday, do you know what I look at and I see? I see the debate, and I, I lived through this. The vinyl DJs versus the CD DJ crew. So the, the SL1210s versus the CDJs. That was the first battle I saw. And I remember people saying, you're not a real DJ if you're not using vinyl. <laughs> That's what people used to say. You're not a serious DJ if you don't use vinyl. And so what happened over time was clubs realized actually it's, it's all a lot easier with the CDJs. Number two, DJs realized I don't need flight cases anymore. I can take what I need like in a tenth of the space. And then that technology moved to the point where now you've got controllers. You can just come with a laptop and DJ out the box. Does that make you any less of a DJ? No, because your aim as a DJ is to rock a crowd. They do not care how you do it, whether you use decks. You could use spoons if you had to. As long as that crowd's moving and getting their money's worth, you've done your job.
And boxing's like that. Boxing's like the vinyl DJs going, yeah, these aren't proper fights because they're not proper boxers. You know, <laughs> they weren't taught by an old guy in a tracksuit. You know, <laughs> they don't have board licenses. <laughs> They've never done a ton-up circuit in their life. <laughs> They've never been trained by some, some PT that knows absolutely nothing about boxing. <laughs> And because they've not ticked any of these boxes, they're not proper boxers. And therefore, they don't deserve their money. That's really what this is about, right? People hate them because they're making more money than any other boxer not called Joshua Canelo. That's what people really hate. If these events were flops, boxers would ignore it or they'd just laugh at it. But they're crying. And they're crying because they realize that they're making terrible money and taking so much more risk for earning terrible money. But it comes back to this, and here's why we're at a fork in the road. Are boxers prepared to be stars again? Because people don't buy fights, they buy characters. And we don't have characters in boxing. Everyone just talks about, stay in the gym, I live the life, I do this, I do that. And we're all sat there going, oh, get out of here. Who's the biggest boxer we've had in the last 20 years is Ricky Hatton. I fight and then I kind of fall off the wagon. I drink loads. I get overweight. Come back, do it all again. Do I use PEDs? I don't even know anymore. No, don't think anyone else does. So let's not make allegations one way or the other. But I seem to lose weight pretty quickly. Right? Ricky Hatton's the guy. He was a character. And he entertained. All this, I live the life. I'm a monk. My weight's never more than three grams over my fight weight. Oh God, for goodness sake. Who cares? We can't relate to that. That's why the big guys make all the money. Because we know that they eat a lot. We know they can murder a Nando's. We know they have a few drinks and they party a little bit. We know this. You can tell in their physique. That makes them more interesting to us. All these other guys I hear of, I don't care. No one cares anymore. That's why you don't make any money. You're not interesting. I watch you twice a year on a Frank or an Eddie show. That's it. The stuff on Instagram, no one cares about because you're not doing anything. And so when I hear people say they're going to give up boxing because they can't make any money, I'm like, good. Boxing doesn't need you if you can't make any money. So this is the fork in the road. Are you going to be a, a guy who's 50% character, 50% fight? Or a guy who's 100% fight, 0% character? What are you going to be? The choice is yours. But none of you guys are going to make money while you're just sat there, scared to be yourself, scared to engage with the fans. More importantly, scared to be vulnerable in public because you see it as a sign of weakness. My attitude is if you can fight, you can fight. Whether you're a joker, whether you're serious, whether you love comic books, whether you love playing chess, it doesn't matter. If you can fight, you can fight. Like, I can remember being in York Hall once talking to a group of boxers, and I said to them, we're in York Hall now, that means like a, between 1,000 and 1,200 people have bought tickets to be here. And I said, think how many people haven't bought tickets. Think how many people aren't even aware of boxing. Think how many people don't care about boxing. Why don't you go after them? Why don't you make them care? Make them care about you. Make them care about your career. Make them want to help you because they're invested in your story and your journey. 
And these boxers are either too stupid or too lazy to understand that. And it's sad. That's why <laughs> what I saw on Saturday gave me joy because Jake Paul is a guy who understands what boxing needs right now. Now, I don't think he would have worked 10 years ago. I don't think he would have worked five years ago. Right now, he's as hot as it gets. And people need to learn because we're not going to roll back from this. It's going to evolve going forward. But it's still going to be about big characters, entertaining build-ups. And fights that kind of mean something to the fans, even if they don't mean anything to experts. And I guess this is where me and Porky will disagree in our assessment of the Paul Woodley card. I think it was amazing for boxing because it showed that you can make money without Eddie and you can make money without Frank. You can make money without Bob. You can make money without Al. You just have to have the balls and the plan to do it. So all you license holders, the ball's in your court now. If you fumble it again, you'll all be broke and you'll all be bin men soon anyway. Right, guys, take care. I'm a hellraiser, I'm a father, a loving father, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a semi-good husband, you know what I mean? What? You know what I mean? I'm just a man out here trying to enjoy my, I, I was born poor, I ain't never had nothing, man. I don't know how to act, all right? But the real thing is, I'm just, I'm just here to be me. I don't care what uh, you, you think know what? I am or who, or who anyone thinks I am um, at this stage of my life, but um, yeah, I'm a pretty much of a tyrant titan, yeah, that's who I am.